Michael, it's for you. Mate. Take a look at Banner, Michael. Travelers Down Thunder Road. It's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway. Here is part of the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network. I am your host, your MC upon Thunder Road, Dave Ryan, and I am joined by the Magister of Ceremonies himself, Stagger Lee Malone. How are you, my friend? I'm very good. I'm really enjoying these introductions. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this was the the third swing at that particular introduction, uh, and I think I they've fi- all been different. They've all been different. They've all been terrible. Um, but that's what happens when you take a Christmas break, pal. <laughs> We're so out of the swing of doing this. Yeah. So, like, you know, you all would have heard us last two weeks ago when we did our, our pick your poison episode. But that isn't, you know, we don't have our typical. Uh, run in an intro or uh, the same kind of preparation mm. we do for a typical episode of Days of Thunder so it's probably been what over a month since we did a proper oh god it, it, it'd have to be wouldn't it yeah it was early December when we actually recorded a proper Days of Thunder episode yeah we did the, the two we did the double header didn't the, we yeah the pre-Christmas and mid-Christmas season episodes were done on one night in in early to mid-December um, so yeah, it's been a while since we did this. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> that popped into my head as well. Hive <laughs> mind. Yeah, but we're we're back anyway. And Lee, we're here for, it's not a normal episode of Days of Thunder. It's a very special episode because we're here to celebrate one year on the airwaves. Yep, we have walked the ceremonial red carpet. We're in our best tuxes. And yeah. we're ready for the first annual Thundies. Is, is that where we're going with? I think I'm going with Thundies. I, I originally was calling it the Thunder. Is it Awards. my Thundies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're trying to get we're, we're trying to get like that Me Undies sponsorship package. That's me Thundies. Yeah, yeah. We just uh, me, me Thundies. Yeah, we like we just any sort of sponsorship cash we can get in 2020. But uh, yeah, I, I it's been fun kind of putting together a few notes for this um, and coming up with the concept for the Thundies. Um, because it's given us a chance to kind of reflect on on a year of the podcast, Lee. When we were walking around the the dark and ab- weirdly abandoned streets of Oberhausen in October 2018, and I came up with the idea for this show, um, did you think we'd get through a year of it? No, straight up, no. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? We started it last year. It was just nearly a week. It's nearly kind of like a year to the day, isn't it? It's, it's pretty close. almost, yeah. Because we, we, so we announced the show's existence on Christmas, Christmas Day, twenty eighteen, yeah. 
and then I think we gave ourselves the first week off in January and then <laughs> it sounds very like us alright doesn't it <laughs> yeah I think we needed a run up to kind of be like oh fuck like how are we gonna we hadn't even decided originally I think one of the ideas was we were gonna like each episode was gonna cover two weeks of thunder yeah and we um, quickly realised that was a bad idea yeah no because we would have we would not have lasted a year doing that um but yeah, now like obviously we kicked it off, and I said, "Ah, this will go for a little while. One of us will get bored." I honestly didn't think we'd make a year, yeah. and the fact that we've, you know, so many people actually listen to us. Yeah, well, this is the thing that I think really kept us going is that we we probably would have got bored if we didn't find an audience, and that's not mm-hmm. like an that's not us being uppity and saying, "Oh, we needed to find our people" or anything like that. But I think when you do anything, especially something as I think people we'd be surprised at the amount of time and effort we put in to Days of Thunder that it like it, it proper takes time out of our weekly schedule to watch the show, write mm-hmm. notes on the show. Sometimes I watch the show twice. Um, and then, like the recording sessions are, are quite lengthy. Um, and let, and let's, take it out, yeah. let's not forget, we also dressed up for the show. Yeah, we did, of course, like full top hat and tails, the whole lot. Well, no, I don't um, mean this. I mean actually, the the uh, overhousing open. Oh yeah, yeah, we physically did. Yeah, yeah, we have dressed up and represented the show abroad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we've we've put a lot in, but we've also gotten a lot back out of the first year. Yeah, I think it's been it's been unreal to. Um, both hear from the the Thunder Buddies and then the listeners to the show on social media and even when we were going over for the bowling tournament and, and stuff like that I've just I've heard very nice feedback pleasant mm-hmm. feedback in person as well as online which has been amazing and you know first and foremost we want to thank everybody listening for mm-hmm. that for sure you know even over the Christmas period we had a couple of people who were tweeting us saying that they had just found out about the podcast and started like binge listening to all the episodes from the start and Mm -hmm. you know much as i thought we'd have some crack and find some people maybe who'd enjoy uh listening to us suffer through this i didn't think we'd ever be the kind of podcast where somebody happens on us and then wants to episodically listen to everything we've done so far like the the, the fact that people have like you said gone back and binge listened to the whole run so far i mean that's to me, that's that's mind blowing that people would do that for us too, you know? Yeah, and too, like too eager to like WCW. <laughs> yeah, too fucking eager. That's for <laughs> sure. And like, um, it does honestly. Like all your tweets and then messages and things like that do mean the world to us. And like, it doesn't fail. Like, still, you know, sometimes it'll be I'll be in having a shitty day in the office, or I'll be you know slogging through an episode of Thunder for something related to the podcast and. All of a sudden, I'll see a, a, a nice tweet come in mm-hmm. about something someone heard on the podcast, or you know, somebody having memories from WCW, and never fails to put a smile on my face in there. And we—that's why we do try to actively engage as much as possible between the two of us. Oh, for sure! Um, like it's like the little things. Like sometimes there'll be like a video saying, you know, twenty years ago this happened, or eighteen years ago this happened, and it's just like. Yeah. It does bring a smile to your face, and then you have people tweeting us on the, at the account and stuff like that. And it just it does brighten the day. Like it makes it worthwhile to do. Yeah. And I mean, I think it was just before Christmas was, or just after Christmas, we had um, something I don't think either of us ever expected. And it just shows that we're two big, filthy, dirty marks that like Chris Jericho followed the podcast account. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was and, a surreal evening. Like. I think you sent me a message at half two in the morning. I was asleep. 
I kind of saw it blurry eyed at three o'clock in the morning, and then when I looked at it again, I was like, "Hang on, wait, that that's Chris Jericho." I was like, "That's not a real account." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I had to look. I had to literally come out with the message a couple of times and look at it and go, "No, it's it's not real. This is like three o'clock in the morning." Yeah. Uh, absolutely, just insane. But like it, you know, you don't have to be le champion for us to. Oh no, uh, not at all. You know, enjoy and like that's why we wanted to take that time just to say uh, thank you so much sincerely mm-hmm. to, to everybody who has ever clicked on the podcast and especially to those who are trying to spread the gospel of thunder around because yep. um, we do see those tags where people are trying to recommend the podcast to other people and that's the way we'll grow here um, and the the way we, we'll improve throughout is by be, becoming a broader church here uh, at Days of Thunder. And I will say for as much as we have grown in the first year we absolutely want to keep growing. We want as yeah. many people listening as possible because oh, yeah. WCW is something that's close to both of us, I think, just because of yeah. not only how terrible it is, but we see the good stuff as well. Yeah, and we do. And, and like, we, we, we don't want people thinking it's all bad. Yeah, and we revel in both the um, the history of what we're going through and I think something our, our podcast ain't, at least one of my background aims in my head is always that I do have an appreciation for the weird and wonderful part of wrestling mm-hmm. as well as the the good stuff and I think a lot of people um particularly on on Twitter or whatever or people I talk to at shows I think we all have that instinct to kind of get dragged down into um negativity mm-hmm. um and just kind of like uh, letting things ruin stuff for us like I I you know and I, I feel like by reviewing Thunder and watching Thunder in the way we do and having a good laugh about it, that at least, you know, maybe people can get that kind of perspective. I, I, I often have with, with truly horrifically bad stuff where I can find a source of enjoyment. There's always something positive to be found from it. And that's just a kind of way I've always watched wrestling since I watched this stuff when I was a kid. Um, Definitely. Like um, like Chris and Jeff from Strong Style Story were on the pick your poison with us for the yeah. Chris Jericho show. And obviously we have a little uh, Twitter DM group with the four of us in it. And like over the Christmas break and like Wrestle Kingdom, we were all going mad for all the amazing, phenomenal matches on Wrestle Kingdom and how brilliant it was. And God isn't wrestling fantastic. Yeah. But I mean, myself and yourself also love a four minute Perry Saturn Glacier match. Yeah, and we'll find much. just as much enjoyment out of that than we would a Will Ospreay Shingo match. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the beauty of this show. We revel in the absolute hilarity of WCW. Mm. But give us a three, four minute luchador yeah, cruiserweight match. We love that as well. And uh, just just before we move, uh, move on I and go closer to the awards, I want to say that we were talking about earlier on, like, would we last the year? And I always kind of, I was very positive about it. And I think, like, I couldn't have picked a better co-host in yourself, that's mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, I will say I was hesitant in as much as when you told me after we'd already decided to do this that you'd almost watch none of Thunder. <laughs> I was just like, this show is going to break him by the summer. Yeah. Um, so fair play to you for sticking out pal because like at least I knew what was coming <laughs> well see this is the thing I've always said Th- 1999 or late 98 er- like early to mid 99 I am very familiar with WCW not mm. Thunder itself but WCW yeah. 
like I know all that like a lot of that stuff that happened and watched a lot of it in real time but yeah. like Thunder itself like some of the matches I just I didn't know this happened I didn't know that happened you know and I, it's been great I, I've really enjoyed this like we said before we started like it's been a month since we recorded and I missed it like yeah yeah yeah, it, and it's funny because like we haven't really spoken that much because we're so used to speaking regularly when yeah. we record that I think we just kind of fell out of the habit of not speaking when we weren't recording. So it's it's cool to get back in touch with one of my best pals. Oh yeah, um, and yeah, again the the fact that the show is so fun to do mm-hmm. uh, is what keeps us working hard at it. Um, but uh, Lee, that said, I think uh, it's time to grab our beverages for this evening because we need to toast to the first year of Days of Thunder. Yep, um, just to keep. Uh, everybody aware of what our first year entailed it was 20 regular episodes of thunder five pay-per-view specials and two pick your poisons in our first year of days of thunder so it's a grand total of 27 episodes in 52 weeks Uh, that's literally nearly one every two weeks that's yeah that's quite the run it's pretty good output. We had we the we only missed our our window by a couple of days once um on the show uh mm-hmm. because of that one that a podcast that was an absolute nightmare to edit there was problems with the syncing of our audio tracks and it was horrible and i think the most we've been off by since then is like less than 24 hours um from when we usually would post so yeah i i'm very proud of our consistency mm-hmm. and to toast the first year of thunder uh what do you have with you to drink this evening i discovered over christmas that i I'm kind of done with beer. It's it's not that I don't enjoy it anymore. Yeah. It's just I'm very much on a whiskey buzz at the moment. Oh. So I am drinking a lovely Jameson tonight because that's what I'm feeling at the moment. So for the next couple of weeks, I may not have beer. I may be just strictly drinking the whiskey because that's just where my tastes lie at the moment. Well, I'll be keeping up that, you know, I am a whiskey man, so I approve of that very strongly, mm-hmm. but uh, I will be keeping with the beer gimmick um, to keep that untapped content going, follow me <laughs> at the day to Dave on untapped. Um, I am in the shadow of my, uh, my, my whiskey press here in the house, my little, uh, my little off license I have in my house, basically. Um, so I do appreciate that, but I am rocking from the Rascals Brewing Company, Great the Yankee White IPA, uh, which purports to be citrus and hazy so we'll, we'll give this a go now on the air is this a can or a bottle mm. it's a can and it's very nice it's going down quite easily mm. yeah i can get the citrus off it definitely um yeah it's 5.9 or no Oof. five yeah five just five oh. well you've obviously had a couple if you're seeing the yeah, nine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i i tried this i tried something from their range recently uh as you will all see if you follow mm-hmm. me on untapped uh, in the korean fried chicken place in dublin called chimac um shout out to emma g brand ambassador for chimac um but uh, yeah, I, I said I must try whatever else they have in their range, and I found a few in an off license over Christmas. So I'm very happy with this one. Mm. I love that you spent Christmas trawling off licenses. Well, you saw the picture I posted on the I did. account there a couple of days ago. I think I found nine new beers in one run. I am very uh, worried about you on a personal yeah. level. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I think that too. Um, but anyway, uh, let's get into this. So yeah, this episode is the first annual Thundy Awards, Lee. And uh, we were kind of humming and hawing about the format of this show and 
what should it be? Mm. Should it be like the two of us kind of game of the year style come with our favorites and try to argue it out? Who's the best? Um, should we do a thing where we kind of, um, I come up with a few of my faves, you come up with a few of your faves and we just talk about the, the kind of year in thunder. Mm. Um, what categories should we have? We've all been kind of batting this around in the DMS for a while. Um, and I like where we landed on this. So I have the shortlist we've put together here. Yep. Um, now, bear in mind, as we're reading out these categories, um, we may add a category or a nominee or two to each category. But, because uh, we are quite forgetful. Uh-huh. That's for sure. <laughs> well, you see, I think, the, I think the thing for the first year is we didn't know we were going to do this show. No. We only came up with this idea in December. So I think for year two, I'm going to take more meticulous notes for these categories and make sure they're easier to trawl back through. Yeah, I think um, if we take, like, if you notice something, we will kind of note it down and keep it for a year end, like like a match of the year list. Yeah, basically, because I, I think the thing is, um, as we were talking about off air, uh, we were both handwriting notes for like about mm-hmm. the first 13 to 15 episodes. So even to find the notebooks with that information on it, uh, has been difficult tough. yeah yeah so we've kind of i've i've picked apart um a few kind of bits and pieces anyway and and we'll go through it um should we so, should we run down the the categories first or do you want to go category nominations category nominations i i, I think we'll go through we'll i'll list out all the categories and then we'll we'll kind of look at each one in a bit uh, closer inspection mm-hmm. i think that's best um, way. Yeah, so the categories for the first annual Thundies are Biggest Da, Biggest Pop, Best Spear, Worst Outfit, the Bobby Heenan Best Commentary Line of the Year Award, the Biggest Night in the History of Our Sport Award, Worst Bump or Spot, the Large Man Appears of the Year Award, (laughs) Thunderest Moment, Best Feud, Best Talker, and Wrestler of the Year. So where do you want to start? Uh, I think we'll just start at the top. I'll, I'll do these in the order I have okay. written down. And, and that's Biggest Da Award. Uh, now, Lee, if, if we're talking Biggest Da, what are the quintessential qualities of a big wrestling da? Well, I think, first of all, you need to be big. Mm-hmm. I would say... A, ba- a barrel-chested gentleman. Oh, yeah. You'd, ha- would, you'd yeah. have to have the big barrel chest. Um mm-hmm. I think you'd have to be at least mid to late 30s. Possibly balding. Yeah. Like, definitely, you haven't got a full head of hair. Or if you do, it's definitely on the way out. Um, what else? You have to have that kind of, like, you don't really care how you look kind of feel about you. It's like, yeah, yeah you probably look like a tough guy. But you also like walking around in tracky bottoms that are kind of like a week old and you don't really give a fuck yeah um kind of a a look that from head to toe says the divorce is going well yeah exactly yeah you're not you're not you're not quite um kirk van houten from the simpsons but you're not far off yeah yeah look it says the turning the weans against us (laughs) um absolutely um we have three nominees in this category that are kind of rock solid and maybe our discussion will, will bring out a couple more. Um, and I should note that the idea we settled on for each of these categories is that myself and Lee 
are taking the coward's way out. We're not going to actually award these awards. We're going to lean on the Thunder Buddies for this. And for every category, once we get it down to four nominees or less, we will be turning to Twitter in between now and the next show, at WCW ThunderPod. And uh, come on uh, and see what polls are on that day. We'll do kind of one poll a day in between this podcast and episode 21 in two weeks mm-hmm. and uh, vote for your favorite in each category and we'll announce the winners uh, at the top of episode 21 when we'd normally do a bit of listener feedback or whatever um so the three nominees i have in this category uh or well that we have in this category mm-hmm. uh, on our little list here are kevin nash that week he showed up in casual gear <laughs> A, a memorable look yeah uh, actually sorry four nominees Lex Luger in his wife beaters okay which is is quintessential uh, Da has been doing an exercise tape in front of the TV um, then we have Scott Norton who I think is just a like just absolute Da wrestler yep he is the Da yeah 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 looks like he has been fighting in bars for 15 years um and then I, I think perhaps my favourite here, because I couldn't separate them, the entire collective unit of Team Beefy Dad. Yep. Yeah. I think they are absolutely the favourites. Yeah. The early favourites in the voting, I am sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't have any um, qualms with those nominees. Maybe you could make a case for Fifth Finley. But... You know, he's been pretty dull, so I'm not going to fight too much for fear. I would say if we had put him on, it would have to be specified as first few episodes of Thunder Fit Finley when he still got the mullet. Because I think I think when by the time he, he dyes the hair, it's more like actually Dad's got a second wind and he's doing well again. When you're talking biggest dad, you want it to be a little bit sad. <laughs> you know, you don't want them on the upswing. Yeah, I suppose I'd agree with that, that uh, Fit has been on too much of a, a good run to be a real da for the Thunder run, I suppose. Yeah, he, he's got that TV title, he's doing well for himself, um, probably got a new girlfriend on his arm, you know, that's that, that's how it goes with dads sometimes. Um, it, actually, who, who was uh, Finley's, um, wasn't his wife, his girlfriend in World of Sport, was it uh, Princess Paula? Oh, you could be right there, I wouldn't be the... The, the Fit Finley biographer but uh, <laughs> yeah that does sound right well I mean it's David Finley's ma so you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, I think um, like you said Team Beefy Da are probably the strongest because they are I can't I really can't separate them yeah it's yeah. hard because they're such a they, they were the first instance of us really talking about Daz to a lot on this show so iconic in their own way you know I mean if if we were including real Daz current day I mean obviously Bonesaw would have to be on our list yeah uh, he is the da we have briefly before talked about the idea of fantasy booking a promotion of Daz only Daz yeah uh, absolute I, Andy I do believe uh, yeah absolute Andy because yeah that's how it came about wasn't it that um, mm-hmm. CMJ uh, Christian uh, Chris Mikael Jacoby the former booker of WXW was tweeting about kind of dads in wrestling and a bunch of us were tweeting back at him <laughs> suggesting <laughs> that he start a dad division 
he was not expecting all of the Irish that he that yeah. follow him to respond with yeah start at Daz Division yeah but he was loving it he was loving it yeah yeah that's god yeah no, god I've completely forgotten about that till that moment um, but yeah I, I think we got some good nominees here in Scott Norton I think Lex Luger less of it because you know he's um, physically he's still he's not quite entered dad territory with his bod yet he's still looking well, he, he, he could be midlife crisis dad you know where he's hit yeah. the gym hard yeah he, he, definitely his fashion sense and I think his joining of the wolf pack in a desperate effort to remain cool is cool, a very yeah. dad energy trying to appear cool to his kids yeah absolutely absolutely uh, okay so that's yeah there are four nominees there so we'll send that to a poll uh, our next category is biggest pop. Now, this is one we're gonna have to do a little bit work, a little bit of work on, um, because I, I think that uh, we, we, look, we're just we're just gonna have to narrow yeah. it down. Um, yeah. So we've got Dean Malenko is Cyclope mm-hmm. in the cruiserweight battle royal. That's one we can both agree on. Uh, we've got Sting finally wins the big one at Super Brawl. Yep. Okay. We've got um what have we got here? Uh we've got Goldberg every week on Thunder. <laughs> I think there's one specific one you can narrow it down to, but go on. Uh we've got Booker uh Booker's re- uh, reaction at Super Brawl 8 doing the back-to-back uh matches to open the show mm-hmm. and getting massive reactions uh throughout as as a hero. Um and I th- what was the other one? Um Oh, I had a fifth one, but it's gone. Something to do with DDP. I can't remember now. Shit. Well, that's four. <laughs> <laughs> that's done some work. I think while DDP has got some really big reactions. Yeah. I don't think there's one specific big one that you would really narrow it down to. Yeah, he gets consistent ones. What's yeah, the, his, you want to narrow down the Goldberg pop. I'm interested. I want in to that. narrow go, down the Goldberg one. I think it's episode eighteen, right? I think it is where he comes out with the full Goldberg entrance. Okay, and it's the first time we see it, and I remember just the crowd being fucking molten for it. Yeah. Okay. So Goldberg full entrance. Episode 18. Is it's it's either 18 or 19. I haven't got my notes in front of me, as I said. Yeah, we'll, we'll look back before we put it up on Twitter anyway. Mm-hmm. So there, there's your four for that. I think looking back on it, um, God, I like I loved that. I, I was so pleasantly surprised because, again, as we said in the intro, we were so dreading watching so much mm-hmm. Thunder in some respects. Um, but I, I think getting to Super Brawl, which was our first proper pay-per-view, yeah. And seeing like the opening, what forty minutes was all Booker nearly Booker, yeah. Um, and the response he was getting, and I think it was that moment where we just remember, God, like Booker was such a big deal. Um, uh, and being amazed that it took two more years to get the belt on him. I, I think it's a good time to talk about it because we don't really have a category specifically about it. But like, I think that's been so eye opening for us that Booker was so ready yeah. in early nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Like, he was already ready. He was there waiting to go. Yeah, I, I think a couple of eye-openings like that, and I think how over Paige was was something mm-hmm. I didn't really remember as much. Um, but, yeah, it, it was one of the kind of, okay, like, you know, there is going to be some, some like, proper Real positives, stuff, yeah. and not just us trying to find a silver lining mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Here's one thing for you. 
like that opening to Super Brawl, which we agree was fucking great, like a great forty minutes. Yeah. Like imagine Rick Martel didn't get injured. Like how much more he could have been doing on on Thunder as well. Yeah. More specifically than Nitro. Like he would have made the undercard even a little bit more bearable. Yeah, it's um. There's a real couple of like, and we'll talk about it in some of the shows going th- going through '98. But between like Buff's injury and Scott Hall's issues and stuff like that, there's a real couple of sliding doors moments as to what what would uh, WCW have looked like if this happened or if that didn't happen, you know? Or like Louis Piccoli dying mm-hmm. like around the the time of the the Thunders we're talking about now on the show, um, and what would the world have looked like then, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Dean Malenko, I, I think him getting the Papa Secret Play was maybe the most surprising in this list because, like, I love Dean Malenko, you love Dean Malenko, yeah. we both love Chris Jericho, but I, I don't think I ever expected to have in front of my face Dean Malenko being that over in front of that molten a crowd at any stage. I, I can't underestimate that anyone who hasn't actually watched it back go back and watch that Battle Royal. And the build to Malenko unmasking. Mm. The crowd are going fucking mental. Yeah, because they like they they like they the pin drops with them like maybe two or three seconds before he reveals before, his face. Yeah. And when he reveals it, they go absolutely bananas. It's yeah. amazing. Um yeah, love that moment. Um, Sting winning the big one as kind of like um, a real kind of oh finally sort of moment thank god yeah uh, it wasn't as big as it could have been because they really we've talked about this ad nauseum oh, they fucked on the show it, like, yeah. yeah they really let the air out of the balloon by not just having Starcade be the night mm-hmm. um, but I think it was a nice little moment still um, and then yeah Goldberg getting his full entrance as you put in um, I, I think we finally got to the point by then. We we actually, it's been nice that part of Thunder where he he was always getting reactions. Do you know? Because he's the guy that comes out and squashes people, so he's always going to get a reaction. But um, he's gone. He's gone from having nearly fifty fifty matches with Steve Mongo McMichael hmm. to having what ninety second matches with members of the flock. Yeah, if it, even ninety seconds. And you've also got this like. <clears throat> He's at the level of over now where it takes maybe less than half a second of his theme song before people are oh, out yeah. of their chairs. Mm-hmm. All they get is that opening gong and it's just like, boom, or the opening drumbeat and it's just people are up. Yeah, it's not quite um, like the glass shattering levels, you know, in 1998, but it's it's not far off already. No, it's really, you know? it's really not. Like, And I, not to spoil things, but like we're coming up to like, summer 1998 and things just explode from here it's the it's the summer of goldberg we're about to go into mm-hmm. in, in year two of the podcast and that's one of the things i'm looking really really forward to to being able to chart on the show uh, um, I, I will say i know we were talking about like earlier on about like we didn't expect things with the podcast and like maybe didn't expect to, to do like a year full of shows but i remember at one specific point i think it was like maybe six or seven weeks into the show mm. And we hadn't done all that many episodes. And you sent me a message saying, I worked out how long it's going to take to watch all the thunder. <laughs> yeah. And, and you you sent me how long. And I was just like... At, at our current oh. rate, this podcast will be around for seven and a half years. And that's just the thunders. Yeah, that's just thunder and the pay-per-views. 
That's yeah. to say nothing of pick your poison or if we come up with any other stupid ideas in the meantime. <laughs> that's a terrifying thought. Yeah. Um that's that that that'll be Patreon level effort, that won't. <laughs> um but we better be of rich, Goldberg, rich rich man by that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scrooge McDuck money we want for that. Oh yeah. <laughs> to do any more WCW. But uh no. Uh speaking of Goldberg Best Spear is the next category. And there were only three that stood out in my mind here. Um, and I actually went back to find the dates these match happened. <coughs> um, so we've got Mongo, who was the first victim on the podcast, uh, when he took it like a tree falling down mm-hmm. silently in the woods. Uh, that, that was, was a great the 8th one. 8th of January. Yep. Uh, we have Glacier, because he leaned into the fucking spear. Uh, in that awesome match, uh, yeah, one of my favorite uh, Goldberg squashes, and Vincent because he actually took a bump on uh, the fifth of March. <laughs> yeah, that those are very good. Probably the three most memorable spears I'd say. Maybe not the best spears, but definitely the most memorable. Yeah, I think he hit a great one on. Was it Saturn? I've just I'm I'm scrolling I'm looking for my notes. There was one on a recent episode. Oh, actually, I will. It's like it's, it's a, the rebound spear. I think we called it yeah. because he shoots somebody into the ropes, mm. and as they're coming back, I, I can't remember who it is. It's oh um, wait, no, I I know the one I'm thinking of. It's um, who was it? He threw Jimmy Hart at somebody, and spear. Oh. Um, Ming and Hugh Morris. Yeah, Ming and Hugh Morris. Yeah, throws. I'm oh, sorry, not Ming and um, Barbarian. Barbarian and Hugh Morris. Barbarian and Hugh Morris. Yeah. He throws. Um, he throws Jimmy Hart at him and spears both of them. Yeah, so, yeah that 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 is. That I think. Yeah, actually, I, I think I think that has to go on the list, doesn't it? Yeah. So that's your four there for best spear. Um, we move on from best to worst, and we're talking worst outfit now. Um, and <laughs> again, three. Like I didn't even have to look this up. Three came into my mind straight away. Uh, the third one you're not going to like so much, Lee. It's uh, Stagger Lee with his turtleneck and blazer combo. That's an awful nomination. If anyone votes for that, you need to tell me because I'm going to block you. It's a hideous look, and I'm, it, it I'm is ashamed, not. I'm ashamed of it for two reasons. One, turtleneck and blazer is horrific, and two, that you didn't do turtleneck and blazer when you when you dressed as him. <laughs> now, granted, can, can hang on, hang on. Can you get a turtleneck in the year 2019 or 2020 now? Uh, I'll bet you can, but one thing I will say is you 100% would have got heat stroke in that bowling alley if you were oh, on turtleneck Jesus as well. Jesus Christ, imagine. Yeah, I was doing... I think I also would have been added to a list or something. Yeah, you know. 100%. Um, so, Stagger Lee in the turtleneck and blazer. Then we've got Hogan's stupid heavy metal t-shirt that he's wearing all the time. Oh, God, that's so bad. <laughs> it's hor- like It's like the worst death metal t-shirt you've ever seen. And mm-hmm. I-, I think... like. For me, this is number one with a bullet. It's got to be Bret Hart, stupid flannel shirt and blue cowboy boots. Yep. that That's definitely the clubhouse leader. Yeah. I think. <laughs> um, I'm also going to... on that at the bookies. I'm going to nominate another Bret Hart one. Okay. It's Bret Hart wandering around in his fucking Hulk Hogan t-shirt. Oh, yeah. In terms of, like, it's not... Like, we've already got... Uh, Hogan in the Hogan t-shirt but it's yeah. more that like for Brett's dignity what that outfit did yeah it's like, it's like we discussed at the time it's like he's not even in the NWO he's just a Hogan fan yeah Ugh. horrendous absolutely horrendous Awful. 
Um, yeah, but like I say, if you vote for Stagger Lee, yeah. you will be on the list. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got um, the the Bobby Heenan Best Commentary Line Award, uh, kind of to honour the great man. We've got some of the, the, the funniest moments we have here uh, on commentary. Now, myself and Lee, again, because the first half of our episodes are on... Um, Notes that we can't find. Yeah, Yeah, on those that we can't find because we're dumb. Um, What I might do is for this one, I might throw it on Twitter if anyone's got any other ones they could add or I might uh, Mm -hmm. try and find them in the meantime. But the nominees we have here, Lee, and let's try and get these down to four. I have five of them. We have... We have Rick Rude trying so hard to put Kurt Hennig over that he describes his knee lift as the best knee lift in the sport. Uh, We have... He's going for the move, Tony Schiavone. (laughs) We've got uh, Bobby Heenan being over the moon that Hugh Morris got killed by uh, screaming, you aren't laughing now, funny man. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've got an incredible exchange between Brain and Tony saying he's going to suplex him. Where? On the website. Uh, during that triple threat brawl at Spring Stampede and uh, we've also got an iconic line of commentary where Stagger Lee tries to fill us all in that he thinks he knows who was driving the Dodge Viper when he said it was a Mr. H. Hogan which had all the shades of Principal Skinner with a Lisa S no make that L. Simpson levels of subtlety Um, so yeah those are our five Uh, which one of those do you think doesn't hang here Lee? Ooh it's a tough call. Um, I think that he's going to suplex him on the web. Yeah. It's probably the weakest, but it's it's, like, it's a great line. But yeah, yeah I, I think I, that's I, the weakest. I, I, yeah. I love Shivani screaming, he's going for the move. I, I In other circumstances, I would cut Rick Rude say best knee lift in sport, but it's the way he says it, like yeah. the deadpan nature of just, of course it's the best knee lift in the sport. Come on. Yeah, uh, Rick Rude on commentary was a fucking highlight for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely was. So we'll keep that and in. We'll, go on, yeah. I really miss that combo, that combo on uh, on the recent unders, the Rick Rude, yeah. um, Kurt Henning duo. Mm, for sure. Um, yeah, so we'll get rid of uh, suplexing him on the website and we'll keep those four. And if we remember one that deserves to be there more than those, that'll be in the poll instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have the biggest night in the history of our sport award and uh, Lee the way I looked at this category was the most historically significant moments on Thunder Road so far mm-hmm. so we have four nominees for this and I think they're all very strong um, because sometimes they're historical in, in the sense that oh this is an epic thing that happened that you hear people talk about and sometimes they're historic moments because you know where the company is going and, and things like that but it'll become apparent what I mean with these four so number one the wolf pack arrives so the, the faction split in the NWO yep. which I think is notable for both good and bad reasons so that's a big night in the history of our sport yep. uh, Sting wins the title um, the rise of Bill Goldberg and the best of seven series. Yeah. That, mm, I, Is there something you'd have it here instead? It seems like you have a bit of buyer's remorse on one of these. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not sure. Like, um, like the best of seven series, like it's based over what? Three weeks, mm. four weeks. 
So I'm not sure if you can say that specifically is the biggest night in our sport. Yeah, I, I guess the way I, I, I look at it is that it because it had... Um, because you hear it's the best of seven concept mm. has been aped multiple times over since that I, I think that way, but I, I also completely see it. So what could we um what could we put in instead here? Can I suggest we put in Super Brawl itself as a pay per view? Okay. One because it has that awesome set that we both fucking love. Okay. And obviously it has the sting um Sting title win. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, oh, uh, the spring is a spring stampede. Is it night after spring stampede that uh, Goldberg wins the US title? Yes, but he now, didn't win it on a show. He, on, that I know that we yeah. cover. So I was going to suggest spring stampede, or more specifically, the moment that Raven wins the US title. Because we know where that leads. That leads to Goldberg winning the US title. Mm. I'll tell you what I'll actually put in, right? So we got su- we got Super Brawl 8 in, which means we could take mm-hmm. Sting off the list as well as the Best of 7 series. Yep. And do you know what I'm going to put in to be a bit of a vanity project? Oh, go on. The creation of the martial arts division. Oh, yeah, that... That's definitely something that should be in, I think, for for the first annual Tundies. Because it's definitely the biggest night in the history of our podcast in some ways. Oh, for sure. Is one of the very early bits we started <laughs> on here. So the Martial Arts Division is our fourth nominee. That leaves us with um, Wolfpack Arrives, The Rise of Goldberg, The Martial Arts Division, and Super Brawl 8. And that yeah, that's a strong looking set of nominees there, I think. that, that That's a tough category. Yeah. I, I, I'm unsure as to what's going to get get out of that one I don't even know which one I would vote for to be honest um, actually are we allowed vote in the categories yeah fuck it why not <laughs> yeah. I'm not above being a bit crooked on this um, are we allowed pay for votes we, we we are Thunder Buddies number one and two in, in certain ways you know we that, were the, that, that, that is true yeah um, I suppose we could pay people off for the categories we want to win, like the, the nominations we want. Ah, uh, no, I'm not paying out anything. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> um, oh, you're an incredibly tight man. Yeah, damn straight. That's, that's how you make it in this podcast game, Lee. You pinch every penny. Um, look, uh, next up is Worst Bump or Spot. Um, I have Horace Vincent. or Kendall selling at any point in their careers. I have yeah. um, Hoovy dying on the reg, uh, the giant Hogan choke nap, choke nap, yep, and my most recent addition, and I think a very strong addition, the Brian Adams one arse cheek pile driver. Oh god, yeah. Um, can I change Hoovy dying on the reg to more specifically? <laughs> I wish you could. I wish you could. Oh, fucking! For his own sake, I wish I could. But can we change that more specifically to Conan trying to sit on Hoovy's head? Okay. <laughs> in that spot that fucking drove me bananas and still just thinking about it is making me angry. Okay, so Conan kills Hoovy. <laughs> on Hoovy's head. God, that spot annoyed me so much. <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Um, yeah, so that's that's a pretty strong four, I think. There we've got. Uh, next, we've got uh, the Large Man Appears of the Year Award. <laughs> and I've gone some places with this because I started remembering Large Men Appearing, but then I forgot some. So the last two... Let's see what you think of them, because they may well, not fit inside the rules. <laughs> well, see, this happens quite regularly, so I'm, I'm interested to see where you're going with this one. Okay, you'll see the theme. So, we've got Horace, obviously. In That's his it. lovely lovely cap and uh, crew t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, we've got Reese In his lovely... His Reese. Yeah, his, in his Reese. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Mortis... Uh, be, becoming Canyon and being a large man who regularly appears. Yeah, uh, there's, there's really no specific Mortis appearance that you'll say. He just keeps appearing. Can, can we say that that promo backstage where he's just tilting his head looking at Rafe? <laughs> we have the Disciple. Ugh. I'd rather he didn't appear, but because, okay. Let's not forget, was it Reese? Hor- was it Reese Horace and Disciple were all large men that appeared on the same show? Same show, yep, yeah, they were. Yeah, what a company. Uh, and then my final two that may be outside the rules. Wardlow. <laughs> and in all caps, Japanese deathmatch legend Luther. <laughs> because, can I tell you how much of a a thrill and a gas it has been in the last month and a half that of all the things AEW has taken from WCW the trope of a large man appearing is perhaps my favourite oh it's the best it, it do you know what if we're inspiring anyone in wrestling I'm glad it's Cody this is the thing look look we're not vain or stupid enough to suggest that AEW would actually ever listen to this podcast or anyone in AEW with the exception of Le Champion friend of the show um but there have been a number of occasions in this year where weirdly we have covered something on Thunder that then AEW have done within a couple of weeks. You so also for- forgot the Butcher and the Blade showing up. They're two large men. There's a two, well, one very large man anyway, for sure, in Andy Williams. But um, the uh, the large man, that like, because they've done, Jericho has been doing some stuff that he was doing on mm-hmm. Thunder at the time we've been covering it. Um, and there's been a couple of bits and pieces here and there that have been happening but by far the weirdest one has been like the right, large man yeah. right as we were at the peak of a large man appears they started doing the large man appears gimmick and it yeah. was just super surreal um, and yeah the Japanese deathmaster legend Luther, Luther. One was I <laughs> fucking I was in bits uh. laughing at that um, so yeah, we we need to cut uh, two out of this. So I assume we're going to cut the two AEW ones. I don't know. I, I kind of want to leave Wardlow. <laughs> could we? Uh, could we? Maybe f- we could collapse the two of them into into AE- one. AEW keeps the tradition alive. Yes, I think that. I think that's very fair. Um, okay. So, so then who, we who need we to could get rid of? Either Horace, Reese, Canyon, or Disciple. Oh, Disciple. Fuck the Disciple. But it's the funniest one because it's the worst... Because like, I know they, they didn't call him anything yeah, for weeks. Yeah, for weeks. Considering this was a guy that had the character of the man with no name. Yeah. 
He'd been in the company for several years. Under several different names. Yeah. Oh, don't get us started on the list. Go check maybe, out OSW for their list of uh, his maybe, gimmicks. Maybe we should leave him in. Oh. Should we maybe then get rid of Reese? Oh, no, he was oh. the original. He was the original big man appears, large man appears. So then um, it's either Horace or Canyon. Horace is horrible. Yeah, Horace is horrible. Yeah, fuck it. Keep Ed Leslie. Get rid of Horace. Okay. So we've got uh, Canyon, uh, Reese, AW keeping the tradition alive, and, and the Ed original Butcher. <laughs> the original Butcher. Yeah, indeed. Before there was ever a blade. Uh, <laughs> our next category is the thunderest moment. Uh, and this is a category that I, I like to think of is the most quintessentially when you think of how awful WCW Thunder is this is just a, an iconic moment in that and I have six nominees for this category uh, let's go on our, on our little list here so we have the internet location we have DDP threatens to bang the roster <laughs> We have Bischoff and the lads sitting on their car acting the cool yeah. for Half Thunder. We have the Buff Bagwell promo in the mirror. Oh, I love that. <laughs> we have Canyon wearing a disguise in spite of no one knowing what he looks like. <laughs> I think it's disingenuous to say Canyon. That was Mortis. Yeah, it was. And then we have, finally... The Dodge Viper in Hulk Hogan colours that ran over Savage that no one except Lee Marshall could figure out was probably Hulk Hogan. Oh, that was quite good, actually. Um, No one except Lee Marshall, and was it Savage as well? Can can I make another suggestion? Okay. Macho Man and Lex Luger having a meeting outside the arena, in the ring gear. In full gear. In full gear. What what Lex Lex Luger's gear looks like. Very small pants. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll add that uh, car park meeting. Uh, um, so then we need to uh, we need to trim the fat here. Okay, we need to get rid of three. So I- I'm willing to get rid of the internet location. Okay, internet location is gone. Um, I-, I I think it's a ridiculous concept, but it's not as ridiculous as any of the rest of these. Okay, so what ones do we have to keep? What What's the keepers right. on this uh, to list? To me, we have to keep the Bagwell promo. Yes, 100%. In agreement. We have to keep Canyon wearing a disguise. <laughs> Again, 100% agreement. The masked the mask man in disguise. Yeah. Um, I think we have to keep the Hummer. The, the, the Viper? Or the Viper, sorry. The, yeah, no, the Hummer's coming. Oh, I know, yeah. Um, sorry, my mouse fell over and distracted me. Um, yeah, I think the the yellow and red Viper has to be kept. So that gives us now, what, three, three choices for the final slot? Yeah, so the final slot could either be DDP threatens to bang everyone, <laughs> the car park meeting in their pants, or Bischoff and the lads looking cool. I think Bischoff and the lads looking cool is probably the one we can definitely get rid of. Yeah, um, all right. I, I think it has to be DDP threatening to bang everyone on MTV Live. <laughs> I mean, we could actually go the whole MTV Live segment. How about that? The TRL segment. Yes, I think that's the best. Because that's the best that, compromise. Because that that segment with um, isn't it Taylor? What's his name? Uh, uh, oh my god! The Foo uh, Fighters drummer. Daily? 
Yeah, I'm not. Carson Daly's the host, but um, the two guys from the Foo Fighters, isn't it? Taylor Hawkins and Dave Taylor Hawkins, yes. Um, sitting there in absolute bewilderment <laughs> at these two guys falling through a coffee table. <laughs> and Raven popping <laughs> <laughs> him with a stop sign. And is the, isn't that he like brought a stop sign on the train over to if <laughs> he got through security and up an elevator. Um and wasn't there like interference on the TV? Wasn't it like a promo on the TV yeah, first? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, he he hacked into the like Solomon Crow style, hacked into the fucking TV and cut a promo on him. Oh god, the whole segment. Oh fuck, that's so good. Yeah, okay, so the MTV segment is the fourth nominee yeah. in there. So we got the uh, MTV, uh, the Dodge Viper, Canyon wearing a disguise, even though no one knew what he looked like, uh, and the Buff Bagwell promo. Okay, that's that's a good compromise. Um, the next one we have best feud. Um, this is actually when I sat down and, and thought about this. Um, I, I think this is a surprisingly because it's like have there really been iconic feuds so far? Like there's been a lot of feuds where oh this could be good and it kind of fucking ends up as nothing. Um, I, but, I think there's a couple of good nominees for this one. Yeah. So we, what we have on our list here is we have Savage versus Hollywood, which in terms of the actual in-ring product, not so great. But I think the actual story of Macho Madness and, and ha- Savage's promos and him kind of slowly turning on the NWO and then joining the Wolf Pack and stuff like that, I think has been really fascinating viewing his side of things. And also the few little shooty comments that they throw at each other is well worth a watch as well. Yeah, for sure. Then we've got Benoit versus Booker. An absolute guarantee to be on the list, yeah. Uh, Jericho versus the entire Cruiserweight division. 100% agree yeah that was on my list uh, and Raven versus DDP versus Chris Benoit hmm which I think was the first iconic feud because it kind of like it was the DDP Benoit feud but then it that was the bled DDP into, Raven yeah. feud and then it was the feud between the three of them I think was like the best bit of kind of continuity booking yeah and yeah like melding together several arcs I think it because of that it has to go on yeah uh, see I was going to suggest Raven DDP but you've kind of talked me around to DDP Raven Benoit yeah yeah because it starts off as like the DDP Benoit I'm best I'm the best no I'm the best feud and then like it goes from that into a very personal feud based on history Mm -hmm. that like and you don't really see where the seams are it just kind of fed in quite well I think what what Um, do you think is there any thoughts towards Nash versus the Giants See, there's some good promos in there, uh, by which I mean Nash has some good promos mm-hmm. in there. But I don't, for me, I don't know if it quite like maybe instead of Savage and Hollywood, if you really wanted to. I I think it's a toss up between the two. I I really couldn't pick one over the other. Um, I'm gonna we'll leave go. that one. I'm gonna leave that one up to you. I'm gonna say you make the call on that one. We'll go Nash versus Giant because it was the it was actually the very that that was going on from week one, pretty much. So mm. that that's nice to have that as kind of like and I uh, and I think that's still a tread because I I remember um, when Giant comes out as a member of the NWO, which is a massive shock to us mm. because it just happened when Nitro or uh, Thunder was on a two week break. Yeah, I think it was Lee Marshall. I said Giant hates Hogan, yeah. but he hates Nash even that a little bit more. Yeah, and I thought that was a great reasoning for him to rejoin the NWO, and I just think that's a nice little tread from all the way at the start of 
Days of Thunder right through to now, that yeah. that feud is still going. Mm, for sure. Uh, next category is Best Talker. Uh, and we've got uh, five in this category on our list, and we've got to cut one out. Mm-hmm. So we have Chris Jericho. Yep. Uh, Kevin Nash. Yep, two absolutes to start. Uh, the unit of Rick Rude and Kurt Hennig. Yep. You can't separate them. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm, those three are one, absolutely 100% on the list. Uh, Randy Savage. Yeah. And number five, for one specific incident we may have already mentioned, Buff Bagwell. <laughs> uh, I think because Bagwell has been nominated elsewhere. But he is really good. I guess mm. all the rest of them have more than one promo where they were good, but his is just like... He had that one segment that I just can't stop thinking about. Okay, so I think we can eliminate Bagwell. What if yeah. we put forward Raven? Ooh, well, then we have to get rid of somebody else. Well, see, this is what I mean. Like, to me, Savage is the one on the borderline. Yeah, like he he is he's great. He is being great as a talker. So I'm just kind of like obviously these are the ones that others like um, the Thunderbuddies listeners are going to put forward to say, oh well, you never mentioned X. So Raven, do you think Savage has been that much better than Raven? Ooh. They've both had consistently good promos and they've both only had one that I can think of in my head that went completely off the rails. Mm. Um, Savage had one a couple of weeks ago as we were talking and then Raven had the one... Do you remember the week where he got attacked by the fans? He completely... Droned on for a long, long time on that one. Yeah, and now his, you know, he was working uphill on that one. The uh, the microphone wasn't working. Mm. He got attacked by a fan, as we said. So, like, maybe we should give it to Raven then. Okay. Well, if you're gonna say Raven, then what about Luger? Luger has had some really good, more specifically, Wishavani doing the the leading for him, but. I think yeah. Luger has been very good in those little two or three minute spurts. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then similarly, similarly, you could say the same about DDP. Mm. So if we were to say of Raven, DDP and Luger, who would take the fourth spot? I still think Raven. I think Raven, in spite of... Like, the story might not have always been that interesting with the, you know, the stuff with... Um, Saturn and Glacier and all that kind of it's all kind of very interwoven the stuff with the flock and like you know the stuff with the Riot Squad isn't always great but I think Raven is just so compelling on the microphone yeah yeah right we'll give it to him so that's fair enough um right uh then finally we get to wrestler of the year um and four people jumped out to me immediately when I thought about this category mm-hmm. Chris Jericho yep Booker T Yep. Dubious about putting this one on the list, but technically, Chris Benoit. I think he's a must, to be honest. But go on. Yeah. I don't feel great about it, but like it's hard to. We maybe we'll think of somebody. Uh, and DDP. Yeah. Now they're, they're the four. That I don't think there's any argument for any other anybody I mean, else to be over those four. The argument is the reason why you shouldn't put Benoit on a best of uh, list. Do you know look, what I mean? We. Look, we went over on, I think it was the second episode, wasn't it, where Benoit yeah. was on for the first time. It, it, 
yet maybe he shouldn't be on a best of list yeah. but to me he has been one of the four best wrestlers on the show yeah uh, what I would like to do maybe is because it's a bit gauche to kind of like it's a bit maybe inappropriate to put him on a list maybe like acknowledging him here as technically one of the the top four of the year probably if you know if things hadn't ended as grimly as they did in for him mm. um, but if we can think of somebody who might be a, an audible here Okay, so uh, like, do you know so, who, do you know who I think his? And we kind of reflected on it a few weeks ago on the show, whose work actually holds up very well in this period for the age he was at and how he'd kind of almost been harangued into retirement in another company several years before, and that's Randy Savage. Yeah, he he really had like I, I just as you say that I can't think of any bad matches. Like I know the first week he had the match with Chris Adams, where Chris Adams beat him. Yeah. Um, he had I think he had a really good match with Sting for the title didn't he on the um, pay-per-view or might yeah. no was, was it, it the Thunder I can't fucking, I know they had two matches I know one was pretty boring and then one was kind of pretty decent for what it was um, yeah Sav- Savage is a good show um, I, th- he- I think uh, to be honest I think that's fair enough about Benoit we won't have him on the final list yeah but I think it we have to acknowledge that he is one of the top four. Yeah. Um I the other two I could think of, if we don't go with Savage, I would say maybe Goldberg. Because in the role he's in at the moment, he has been flawless at it. Mm. And the other person I could think of is Perry Saturn. Ooh, that's a good suggestion. I like Sa- I I like Saturn a lot. Um Yeah, me too. I'm a big Saturn guy. So yeah, you know what? If we're if we're not gonna have Benoit, I think Saturn because we're both such big fans of him. I think he's a he's a fair suggestion for our opinions. Mm. Maybe maybe other people will disagree, but I think as our our alternative to Benoit. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, right, so that's our wrestler of the year: Jericho, Booker, Saturn, or DDP. Um, I think maybe before we kind of wrap up, we should just stay in that wrestler of the year category for a second because we kind of haven't run down um, the other guys in terms of their their body of work. Um, DDP is a guy who, you know, he gets a lot of stick nowadays for being the yoga guy or for the fact that he's about to have a match in AEW in his 60s um, or for the kind of like, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, like the, those younger generations of fans and the two of us kind of mostly remember his, his WWF run, which was mm-hmm. dreadful. Um, and they, they know of the kind of from, from shoot interviews and things like that, they know about the thing where like he would meticulously put his matches together start to finish uh, in the back, which I think got a lot of people slagging him off. Because, you know, people, I think, are conditioned to think that the only way to have a great match is to call it mm. on the fly. Um, which, which, is, I, which isn't true at all. No, it's 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 a great way to have a great match. Mm-hmm. But uh, as somebody points out whenever this DDP thing comes up to discount him, um, a match that was held for a good 20 years as the greatest match in WrestleMania history, uh, Savage and Steamboat, was apparently laid out spot for spot beforehand. Oh, yeah, because this is the thing. This is what people forget randy savage is or sorry was as absolutely neurotic as ddp was and that's why the two of them gelled so well together yeah because they they were so in tune with planning out the match bit by bit by bit that they had this great chemistry and 
like people don't talk about that with Savage but with DDP it's something to knock him with yeah and you hear about it as well with um, the likes of uh, like a Brett in his pomp or a Flair in their pomp that in terms of like there would be intricacies and stuff like that change here or there but broadly speaking those two guys like against the big opponents were having the Ric Flair match or the Bret Hart match Mm -hmm. and I don't see a hell of a lot of difference between that and what DDP does um, except the fact that for some reason the other two guys are praised for it and he's chastised for it I've always had a soft spot for Paige like if you if you said to somebody what's the Ric Flair match and I guarantee they're going to say to you uh, the bump in the corner He'll stumble out, fall on his face, gorilla press slam, cut on the top rope, figure four. Like, it, everyone knows the Ric Flair match. Yeah. Whereas DDP's thing, especially around this, I think it was more 97, more than 98, but was the diamond cutter out of nowhere. Mm. And yeah. that was huge. That was a huge thing. Like, it wasn't quite RKO out of nowhere levels, but that's more kind of the age we lived in then to now. Um, but, like, yeah, I I don't care that he planned out stuff. I fucking, if it's a good match, it's a good match, you know. Yeah, that that's it. Like, I don't care how you got to have the good match. Once I'm having a great time while I'm watching it, yeah, you know, agreed. And we'll talk about it in year two of Thunder because there's a very famous match that happens later in this year where he may have gotten the greatest main event professional wrestling match out of Bill Goldberg in his entire career. Oh, yeah. We will and, get to it. Yeah, we will get to it. We're not going to expand on it here. But basically, whatever way they got to that match, he did the right thing because he did so much better with Goldberg than a lot of people who you might consider a superior worker to uh, DDP. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? like... Look at the Bret Hart Goldberg matches compared to that DDP match. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's just I I love DDP and I just kind of I I I guess now I finally have stumbled into a platform where I can finally make my defense of DDP <laughs> after seeing him because obviously like I was a WCW kid as I've said before and uh, I love WWF as well but I was the one guy in my class watching WCW and when. Like fucking when DDP came over to WWF and they were making fun of all oh, these WCW guys, they're all shit like this. I'm like, no, you don't understand. He was so good. He was banging everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, let, let's talk Saturn for a second, though, because I think, um, you know, obviously Chris Benoit is a guy who's renowned for his intensity in the mm-hmm. ring, but I don't think anyone's brought the intensity quite like Saturn, you know. No. Um, Saturn is a guy who, like, his matches always have that kind of edge to them. I wouldn't say sloppy, but I'd say, like, it feels like... It it feels like more of a contest like, uh, in a Saturn match than a, a kind of, like, a more choreographed style mm-hmm. of professional wrestling, you know? Um, you brought up the DDP-Goldberg match that, obviously, we won't come across for a couple of months. Um, I think Saturn has got the best match out of Goldberg so far. on oh, our, on, sure. our, on our own. That pay-per-view match, um, Slamboree... I thought yeah. that was a great match and obviously we know the streak lives on until it's dark out um, but there was a couple of moments in that match where you're going like that was a great near fall like there was a couple of things that you buy into like despite knowing that Goldberg wins um, and I think Saturn has been a consistent like right from the first from January where he had he was involved with the feud with Booker and Martel 
right through to like now where he's beginning to kind of split properly from Raven. It's like he's been a consistent, um, I wouldn't say gem, but like a consistent highlight of the undercard. Yeah, outside he's the cruiserweight the, division, he's the reliable guy to have a good mm-hmm. segment put in a seven out of ten minimum. He's the Lee Carsley of Thunder, I would say. That, oh, he's that, coming in. He's putting in a shift. Well, Thomas Gravison gets all the the gravitas. Absolutely, absolutely, that's what he is. <laughs> there, you, there, there you go, Everton fans. There's a deep cut for you. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that I think that's fair. We we kind of talked a bit about how how ready Booker was, but like it, it bears repeating again, Lee, that uh, this guy had it all in nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Uh, intensity, babyface fire. Mm-hmm. He looked like he'd been cut from fucking marble. Yeah, he fucking uh, he had the high flying, which I think maybe again, like a lot of people who only came to him in WWF wouldn't have seen a lot of that like i know he did the harlem hangover at wrestlemania and that infamous match with triple h um but other than that like you didn't really see him yeah. get to the top rope very often and, and i think it bears repeating booker is not a small guy booker's like a legit what six three six four yeah um did you, did you see that photo he posted today from the gym as we were recording this no he's royal rumble ready and the dude looks better than half the guys on the wwe roster I'd say he does. Like the, the guy is just like talking about ninety eight. Like again, going back to January, that three way feud with himself, Saturn, and Martel. I mean, I, that was eye opening for us at the beginning, and the levels that this guy has reached since then have just gone up and up. Like the feud with Benoit, um, like it starts as this kind of like, oh, we'll see who the better man is, kind of friendly rivalry, two baby faces. By the end of match seven, these two guys just want to fucking kill each other. Yeah. And it's just that intensity. And you well believe that Booker is able to put it up to Benoit just as much as Benoit can put it to Booker. Yeah. And it fucking, like, for me, like, I'm just going to fly out say Booker is getting my vote. He has been the absolute highlight of this run of the first year for me. Like, Goldberg aside, I don't think you can vote Goldberg as the rest of the year so just because match quality was i don't think he matches up to booker and i just think booker has been like not quite mind-blowing but yeah to see how damn ready he was and it's such a fucking shame that it took nearly two years for this man to reach the main event yeah when the company was already in the toilet yeah such a shame and then quickly before we finish Lee uh, what can be said about Chris Jericho maybe not hitting the star rating heights of uh, of Booker mm. but is I think the most complete package of our nominees here in some ways yeah um, I mean I know I just said I'm going to vote for Booker and I will but my god is Chris Jericho right there with him um, like what 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 can we say that we have not said about Chris Jericho on this show so far? The guy does it all. He can wrestle. He can cut a promo. He can get his opponents over more than his opponents can get themselves over. He makes everything he does feel important. He like he made a feud with fucking Prince Ikea. Interesting. Think about that. Yeah, I I think Chris Jericho is a guy that um like I said he doesn't match 
the other guys necessarily for star ratings but in terms of understanding his own character uh having good matches with a wide range of opponents um and as you say making the ordinary kind of feud into an extraordinary making stuff that you wouldn't think you'd be into into mandatory viewing every week on thunder i think in some ways like mechanically he maybe has the weakest case of of what we said here but as a like an all-rounder kind of like you would say now about him in some ways as an all-rounder he has one of the strongest case for whatever you understand the concept of wrestler of the year to be if it's down to a pure how many stars is he getting then maybe not so much compared to ddp or compared to saturn um or compared to booker but in terms of like the the full complete what is a professional wrestler um, it's hard to, to look past Jericho uh, as anything but a very strong candidate here. But uh, yeah, no, uh, that's that's our rest of the year nominees. So as I say, we, we'll be posting these polls one a day in between our, uh, our this podcast releasing and our next episode in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think this was a fun discussion, Lee. Like maybe we'll, we'll get our feedback from the Thunder Buddies, see what they enjoyed, see what they didn't. And then uh, we'll go from there. Maybe the show will look a little bit different next year. We don't know. We kind of, this was just a nice little idea to ease everybody back into the year um, before we, we start down the road with, with our next proper episode of Days of Thunder. So on that note, uh, for Days of Thunder, we'll see you with our first proper episode, uh, covering an episode of Thunder in two weeks. Um, and with the awards winners for the first uh, ever Thundies Awards. Uh, so for myself, Dave, and for Lee, uh, I am at the day to Dave on Twitter. Lee is at Malone underscore 713. At WCW Thunderpod is the Twitter for the show and where we're going to be posting all the polls and uh, where we just interact with the Thunder Buddies and, and stuff like that. But yeah, so uh, subscribe to us on the PWO Podcast Network. Uh, we are honored to to be part of such a kind of uh a, a diverse collective of really interesting topics uh from the now all the way back to way back when when things were better uh or in our case worse um so yeah we, we'll see you all in two weeks with our first proper installment of days of thunder for 2020 we hope you all had a merry christmas and a happy new year and i've been enjoying the show so far in our first year uh, on to year two bigger better beerer as I said on Twitter very recently see you in two weeks guys bye bye I can see through the scars inside you I can feel the thunder that's breaking in your heart I can see through the scars inside you